Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. For some, even the word dating evokes a strong reaction, that it's weird or awkward, complicated, frustrating, even embarrassing. But as an ingrained feature of mainstream American social culture, it's extremely difficult to avoid. Dating isn't all bad, though, and changes in norms around everything from settings to roles mean there's potential for outcomes that can lead to love, if that's what you want. And in a city that's got something of a homegrown reputation for being a really hard place to date. Brittany Forrest and Simone Kimball are two friends who've been working to better understand this whole relationship thing through Relationship-ish, their platform and community event series. And they're here today on Valentine's Day to talk with us about dating in STL. Simone and Brittany, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Elaine, for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're excited. Yes, we are. So this is the energy that we want, right? <laughs> now, folks usually end up talking to their closest friends about dating woes or, or victories or relationships or, or situationships. Is that how you two came up with Relationship Itch? Tell us how this all came to be. Um, so I can go ahead and yeah, start. Go ahead. So, uh, we came up with the idea at first of just focusing on romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it all the time in social media. You know, we see all like the gossip and things and we thought it'd be cool. And then once I presented the idea to Brittany, she's like, no, we need to focus on all things relationships, whether yes. it's platonic. Um, and then our, self founda- our foundation is self-love. So I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't thinking of it like that. So. Yes. I, I just like our synergies uh, together. So when she presented relationships, I was like, well, you know, naturally everybody talks about romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. But we really came to see that relationships are essential of every part of your life, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whether, you know, it's your business colleagues or people you network mm-hmm. with. And then, of course, self-love. And as we were doing this platform, we see that, you can't really have any thriving relationships in your life if you don't pour into yourself. Right. Mm. And when was it that this relationship-ish came about? Was there something going on sort of in the world at large that made you feel like this is the time to talk about this-ish? <laughs> I love it. I think at the time, we are both in a marketing media space, uh-huh. and that's how we met. That's how our uh, friendship flourished, and we knew we wanted to do something with each other. So we had like a little vlog. It's kind of comical now. Yeah. Before relationship-ish, <laughs> and it was like pop culture related. But we realized that even in our personal lives, we were dealing with a lot of relationship things. And mm-hmm. naturally, as friends, you vent to each other about relationship, mm-hmm. dating problems or, you know, things that they have experienced or their friends have experienced or if you're in a relationship or not. And so when we saw that, we're like, yes, this is the time to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then when we officially launched of January 2020, we had, you know, all high hopes of everything. And then 
boom, the pandemic yeah. happened. Right, but right. for us, it worked in our favor because the world was virtual anyway. Mm-hmm. So then we did a lot of online content through social media to really connect with people on yeah. a deeper level. Okay. So, Simone, in insofar as where you are hosting conversations about relationships, is it primarily online? It's it's also in person, you know. And how do you end up sort of fielding questions uh, that people have about relationships? Um, so when we first started, we began as a podcast. Um, at the time, it was like podcasts were really mm-hmm. thriving. Um, and then just over time, we kind of just realized like, hey, we're in the community a lot. Like I said, we we both have media backgrounds, um, and we just decided like, hey, we need to become a community platform and focusing on those in-person events, having those conversations on um, Instagram Lives more and having those discussions because I think it just worked in our favor and it made more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're just excited of the rebranding and um, where we're going from now. Yeah. So was it then, Brittany, more questions that you were getting in Mm -hmm. any of these settings, be they virtual or in person? Or did you find that people were telling personal stories? I think it was a mixture of both. (laughs) It would be like we would usually, you know, look at what's trending on the Internet or on social media, you know, hot topics. And that's what we would talk about. And then just seeing the outpour of people's experiences really let us know, like, oh, we're really connecting in a deeper level. Mm -hmm. We the one thing about us, we don't pose ourselves as experts per se, but we're more of like we're figuring this ish together. Right. So let's hear different perspectives and um, ways of how to navigate the dating space. So the topics vary from anything you can think of, from situationships, from, you know, I just had a bad breakup or, you know, a friend breakup, too. So we just seen all different parts of relationship type of conversations. Mm-hmm. Simone, how would you define a situationship? <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know, because you just don't understand what it really is. Um, But no, it's probably just a situation where you're confused. You don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I think I have feelings for this person, but I don't really understand what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm most likely has some type of toxic energy somewhere. Um, And you just can't define like what you guys are. So So something that is undefined. Yes. With a little bit of jeopardy or hazard involved. Yes, absolutely. It's like you're in a relationship, but you're not in a relationship. There's no titles to it. You're doing all relationship type of things, but there's no progression to a relationship or even trying to get to the next step. If you know if marriage is in your plans, it's usually one, you know, one sided. One person wants to take it to the next level. The other person isn't comfortable where they are. Right. Excuses. Yes. And um, sneaky links, I guess, yes. also <laughs> part of that. Absolutely. So as far as the, you know, what happens when people get together and the kinds of relationships that you all focus on, last week, Relationship-ish hosted an event at the 21C Museum Hotel with Chris Randall. And at that event, you talked with attendees about the many different ways people experience love. Yes. And as you both have mentioned, it's not solely romantic relationships, but platonic relationships mm-hmm. and the relationships that people have with themselves, mm-hmm. that self-love, self-appreciation yes. mm-hmm. aspect. How is it that these different forms of relationships tie together, especially when someone is attempting to put themselves out there and date? Like, Is there a, a particular way that you talk about it um, that 
registers with folks when you're speaking with them, Simone? Um, I, I know with like my own personal experiences, I can kind of just understand when it comes to having, um, I guess, let's, let's start with like bad relationships and just knowing like, hey, like I've I've been there or I'm going through that so I can go off of that conversation, go off of that dialogue and, and just, you know, understand more, so. Mm-hmm. And how about for you, Brittany? Self-love, it might be, it could be regarded as being self-centered mm-hmm. in in a negative way. What is healthy about it? I think everything, I think both of us think everything is healthy about self-love. As we were doing this platform, we were going through our own self-care journeys ourselves. So I really see that how you show up for yourself is how you will show up in relationships. If you're just kind of all over the place, you might it might show up that way in a relationship. If you're not really, you know, pouring into yourself, then you will probably at least tolerate more than you should Mm -hmm. and know what your worth is. And that can be reflected in relationships. If you think you deserve the best, like I need X, Y, and Z, these are, you know, my non-negotiables. If you're stuck with that with yourself, it will reflect in your relationship. Mm -hmm. And then that's where toxic relationships come about when you're just not enough like really feeding into yourself of what I want then it should reciprocate in your relationship mm-hmm. yeah and I think uh, just accountability with yourself is yes. a, a major thing and that, just speaking from personal experiences like that's one thing that I just had to learn it's like why am I going through these things like what is it that's going wrong like why am I attracting these things mm-hmm. um, and it's because I just had to take time and self-reflect and take accountability of like hey you need to work on this with yourself you need to be okay with doing these things alone and you know being okay with being alone yes. so mm-hmm. yeah. to add to that even you know dealing with your own self-trauma what can reflect in a relationship. So having that healing, you know, we're advocates for therapy, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, just really self-reflection is so important. And when you have all those, you know, things out of your head, you can show up better in all relationships at your job, with your family, with your friends, and in a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. And to that point about romantic relationships, part of the inspiration for this segment came about last month when a St. Louisan named Julian Edwards Mm -hmm. took to social media to ask, quote, as a single man in St. Louis, where could I go to meet my potential (laughs) wife? Now, this post made its way to X, formerly known as Twitter, by way of user STL followers, and it's racked up over 45,000 views and responses that overwhelmingly advised Get out of St. Louis. (laughs) So, I mean, from what you're hearing in your community conversations, among your friends, is the dating scene really that bad here? And, you know, is there anything about St. Louis that makes dating here different from other places? Brittany? I would say, you know, being a transplant myself. So I've been living here in St. Louis for seven years. I'm from Chicago. And I will say it is definitely different. You know, it's definitely a smaller market. And I think proximity definitely has a lot to do with that. And I really realize, you know, the way of thinking is a lot different than it is in Chicago. I think maybe because it's kind of a medium-sized city and small town feel at the same time. I think um, also it could be very limited. 
I, what what I've seen in my experience and, you know, like what me and Simone will have conversations of our friends' experiences is a lot of times people are already married if it's looked like a good candidate or something like yeah. that. Okay. Or, you know, they may have, you know, um, a lot more baggage than you will want to take on. Okay. But, um, yeah, I think it's just very interesting. I don't think the dating pool is completely bad. I think you have to be strategic of where you go to find like-minded mm-hmm. individuals. So, how you mentioned we had a networking event last week. So things like that, if you're into networking, if you're into building genuine relationships, even if it starts as a friendship, you never know where that relationship could take you. Mm-hmm. So I think places that you have likes and interests, that would that would be the place I would start with first and being strategic of like, is this the kind of crowd I will want yeah. and kind of date? So Yeah, um, so I think Brittany explained it well. Um, and with my dating experiences, <laughs> I have done that to where I was going to places where I was uh, with my likes and interests. Um, but it just didn't work out in my favor a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just was a pattern of just learning, like, who I am. And this, if this is what I really like, mm-hmm. um, do I really want to be around this? Like, am I okay with it? And it, it's just helped, like, my whole self-love. Like, I thought I wanted to do this, and I don't. I don't want to experience that at all. So... I personally, I don't think the dating scene is necessarily bad here. I think it's like Brittany was saying, like being strategic and understanding, like if you are going to go in, let's say, um, nightlife entertainment area and you're looking to date, like you may get that experience. You may not find that, Um, (laughs) you know, millionaire, whatever it is that you're looking for. Um, But you possibly could, like you just don't know because everyone's likes and interests, like they're they're different. You just kind of don't see those things mm-hmm. um, unless you take the time to learn that person. Mm-hmm. So, Now, we asked our audience for their thoughts and experiences with dating in St. Louis and for Karina in St. Louis. Size matters as far as oh the gosh. size of the city goes. <laughs> St. Louis is way too small. Like, why does everyone know everyone? And you probably know someone that dated someone or... Who hung out or who hung out with them or who kicked it with them? So it's just so it's just way too small. And I mean, I know why people ask. You know, what high school you go to it says a lot about status and growing up. But why are y'all so nosy and pressed to know that? You know, ask another question that actually matters. So again, that was Karina from St. Louis. I mean, what do you say to someone who has you know, those kinds of, uh, I wouldn't say complaints necessarily, mm-hmm. but when when people are used to being in certain spaces and they are following what their interests are, mm-hmm. inevitably, they're going to run into people they know yeah. and then yes. there's like <laughs> maybe two or three degrees of separation. What What advice do you give them, Simone? Um, I think at that point, you have to be okay with being uncomfortable and probably just stepping out of the box um, because you're going to keep, if you're feeling like that, you're going to keep getting the same results because in your mind, you have it to where mm-hmm. I want this to work this way, even though it's not working because mm-hmm. you're just so like, you're wanting it to be this way, but you have to be okay with change. You have to be okay with being uncomfortable and just taking that risk. So and I'm speaking from experience, so I, I totally understand Korea. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're going to take a very quick break here, but we will be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio.
Welcome back. Let's return to our conversation with Brittany Forrest and Simone Kimball, co-hosts of the platform and community event series, Relationship-ish. Now, before the break, we were talking about the size of St. Louis. It's being small, inevitably sort of running into people that you may already know and whose relationship histories maybe are a little too close for comfort. And Brittany, you had talked about moving here, being a transplant. Did Do you feel like the stage of life um, at which you came to St. Louis mm-hmm. had an effect on how how well able you were to meet people? Yeah, um, I, I think that's a, that's a really good question. So, you know, coming from Chicago, a bigger city, believe it or not, a lot of people know each other in Chicago, too. Like, you, you'd be surprised. But when I moved here, it felt like, wow, I'm, like, bumping shoulders with people, you know? <laughs> like, every time I would meet somebody, they're like, yeah, you know, that's my cousin. I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> so it, it's very a small a smaller city, but, you know, I guess in a way that can be a positive or a negative. So it's like, oh, I feel like we're all very connected here in St. Louis. But then I guess when it comes to dating, it may put some people off like, wow, like, you dated, you know, somebody that I know, and I'm actually really, you know, cool with. So how do I navigate that? Um, yeah, th- that's what I would just say. Um, it's e- it's kind of easy to meet people because a lot of people, like you said before, it's a short degree of separation, but it has its pros and cons mm-hmm. when it comes to the dating. But, you know, it could be a sense of, hey, I know someone, and then you might meet somebody that you like, that, you know, that, that degree of separation actually meets you to the person that you actually want to uh, date. So. Mm-hmm. Now, the online conversations and community events that Relationship-ish puts together, they're primarily geared toward millennials. So I'm Gen X, just a generation older than the two of you are. And dating was different when I was younger for a, a lot of reasons. So where is it that folks are going to meet potential partners now that maybe like I would not I would not go or maybe even not feel welcome? Not welcome. Mm, that's, that's a good, good one. Um I would say again, I I've seen in the millennial generation and even Gen X, because we do have Gen Xers that's in our mm-hmm. audience as well and a little bit of Gen Z. People like, you know, especially maybe because the pandemic has something to do with that, but people like meeting and being out and about. Like cocktail hours is very, very popular for people to meet and to get themselves out there, whether they're networking professionally or, you know, just seeing like, you know, what's out there. Who are these people that are may have the same education level as me, may have the same career path as me? I think that is a good way is networking events and what type of networking events. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think since the pandemic, um, those networking events have become bigger too like it's more of like a thing like it's Mm -hmm. let's go to that networking event where I wasn't as familiar with going to them before or they were always there but no one really was like hey let's get up let's go to this networking event let's meet new people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think because we were so used to being in the house and virtual uh, meetings and things like that we were just ready to connect in person again Mm -hmm. yeah so culture is also something that I, I want to make sure that we talk about. You know, a lot goes into figuring out what you want and need in a partner mm-hmm. um, and in a romantic relationship and the way that, uh, that people make decisions. So, you know, I had talked about the inspiration for this segment being um, 
being that person who is looking for a wife. Mm-hmm. And I think there are times that there is some judgment about like wanting a partner and that being equated to needing a partner. Mm-hmm. But wanting to have one, I mean, there can be many reasons for that. Um, what have you found about the, the kinds of cultural differences that really sort of come into play when people are even thinking about getting out into the, the dating scene? That's a really good question. Um, I think it, it matters. It definitely matters if you have certain morals or, you know, certain ways of life that, you know, it's non-negotiables as well. Like, hey, I want somebody of this faith of, you know, maybe this type of, you know, even tax bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I want them to have these type of family values. I think all that really does come into play of choosing a partner. Is and that too much? Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, um, and then when it comes to that dating, like understanding and asking those questions and not waiting yes. till a year <laughs> goes by uh-huh. and trying to figure it out. So, <laughs> I mean, is that too much to put on dating? Um, I guess, you know, you can be, I guess you can approach it very lighthearted, you know, especially in the early dating stages. If you're, you know, trying to, you know, get to know someone, you don't want to scare them away, per se. Oh, sure, sure. Not on the first date. Yeah, the first date, you know, interview style, let's go. <laughs> but you don't want to do that. But, you know, just having those um, conversations, I guess, in a way that is not too pressuring. Like, oh, what are you looking for in a relationship? Are you looking for a relationship? I think that's probably should be the first question yeah. to ask. Because some people are just here to have a good time, which is not a problem. But what if somebody else is intentionally dating? Mm-hmm. I think starting there and then building from there would probably be a little bit more, you know, purposeful, you know, mm-hmm. and strategic. It would yeah. save a lot of situationships. Yes, it would really, really and time. <laughs> <laughs> and how often do you see that the people who meet at your events or through the online um, sort of meetings that you have, that there are platonic friendships that that emerge from those. Oh, Simone? oh all, the, all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think every event, our, especially our virtual event, yes. we had, like we've connected people just all over the country with those events. We really did. Really uh-huh. cool. And they're following us to this day or we're following them. We're keeping up with them. You know, they're supporting our platform. If they were a platform, we supported them mm-hmm. or just their everyday life. It's so a lot of platonic um, friendships do come out of this, which is nice, especially if somebody is, you know, very passionate about a cer- certain topic that we talk about. Mm-hmm. That's how a lot of those bonds really create. Right. Yeah. And I think one time that we know of anyway, mm-hmm. um, a romantic relationship was created on yep. one of the, our virtual events. Absolutely. Oh. Um, so it lasted a while, too. Yeah, it was about cool six to months. <laughs> so okay. Almost a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as we are finishing here do you think that you know that people should take dating a little bit less seriously and approach sort of thinking about love and relationships in a different way rather than writing dating off that's that's a good I would say yes just kind of live in the moment I mean still have your morals and things of that matter but um, just enjoy it because I think when we have all of these things are these boxes we're mm-hmm. trying to check off, that's all we're worried about. And it just ruins whatever it is that you're trying to have with someone, especially if you're trying to just date one person at mm-hmm. that time. Like it, it's like 
marriage doesn't happen overnight. Right. Relation, healthy relationships don't happen overnight. So you just have to take your time with people and, and learn to trust, learn to be friends. Um, yes. Yeah, and, I mean, just have fun, too. So. I I agree with that so much. It's like it affects the experience of just getting to know someone and you're just putting too much, too much pressure on people. Just, just, you know, be yourself and see what you do. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.